Welcome to the Avenue Podcast, created and produced by Avenue Media. Join our discussions with the construction industry leaders to learn more about the state of the industry, current events, challenges, and the solutions that we can provide as a community. Hey, Eric, welcome to the Avenue Podcast. A pleasure having you here. Yeah, thank you for, for having me, both of you. It's great being here with both of you. I always love being here with you, Olivier. Likewise, but Mayor. To be here with Mayor Arroyo, who um, I believe I've known since 2006 as a teen court volunteer, and now to proudly see him as mayor of the city of Sarasota is a real treat for me. Yeah, you've known me. So you've, you've seen me from when I was causing trouble to now when I'm causing less trouble. Mm, that's a matter that's of opinion, of course. Yeah. <laughs> great transition <laughs> <laughs> no very proud of you and thank you so much for agreeing to join us no thank you for you have run a great organization when you told me that this was happening i said Let, let's do it great well, thank well, you we'd love to hear a little bit more about your background for uh, those in the audience that may not be fully familiar with who you are so we'd love to hear a little bit more about you your background and how you came to be where you are Oh, excellent. I, um, my name is Eric Arroyo, like was said. I was raised by a single mom. I was born in the Dominican Republic. And, uh, and I, I became the first to graduate high school when I became a citizen, when I came to the United States at 16. That's around the time you met me. Mm -hmm. and, and I graduated from Riverview High School here locally. And I met my wife there. She wasn't, we didn't date in high school. We dated much later. I was too shy to approach her back <laughs> then, is what she says. In reality, she was just like one of the popular kids and she just wasn't paying attention to me. So. <laughs> It worked uh, out in the end. <laughs> yeah, we we you know we reconnected years later, and and she taught in Alabama, uh, not in Georgia. Uh, she's a teacher at Sarasota High School, and we have a little girl named Ava, one and a half year old, who's, oh, who's very energetic. She Congratulations! Gets that from, she gets that from me. And um, aside from that, uh, you know, I just it, it, I've seen throughout my life uh, the the effects of growing up in extreme poverty, and being in America, which is by no stretch of the imagination, extreme poverty in the United States. For example, um, you know, people were always talking about our situation and how we were, but we were exponentially better off in the United States than we were in the Dominican Republic in terms of housing. We had a floor, we had indoor air conditioning. And these were luxuries that when I was over there, my mom's telling me that, I'm, that we're going to go to America and, and, and then we're going to Florida. She said, we're going to go where Disney World is, which is the same thing. <laughs> so uh, so I was very excited. Uh, you know, no longer will I have to, like, listen to the rain when it rains because, you know, yeah. we had we had roofs made of tin so you could hear everything. And so so it truly is a blessing. And I think that's guided me a lot through my life because, you know, I feel like, you know, I appreciate a lot of what we have here Absolutely. in this country. And so I have to bring up Teen Court again. Mm -hmm. um, how much of that, besides what you just told us about your background with the Dominican Republic, but mm -hmm. then what you got involved in here in the U.S., how has that guided you um, professionally, politically, in, in your ideas for the city? You know, Teen Court's a great organization. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to be a Teen Court cheerleader for just a second. Because in every, every facet of of. of our society, small society here in Sarasota, uh, Teen Corp plays, has played a very vital role. Uh, when I was applying to college, my letters of recommendation were from people I had met at Teen Corp and the, and the Teen Corp executive director. Um, I have practiced law now with this one gentleman who uh, at one point had 27 felonies against him when he was 17 years old. Wow. I met him through Teen Corp. He, he got a second chance at life. He went to law school and now he practices law with me. Uh, we have 
so many of our philanthropic community. I met Lisa Krause, who's now the CEO of our uh, Economic Development Corporation, a retired executive from FCCI. Um, so many friends, acquaintances, just great resources. Right now, I'm with the city of Sarasota, and you know, one of the captains is the husband of the executive director of Teen Court. Wow. And if you want to get anything done politically in this town, uh, I'm, I'm, you have to go through a person that's sitting at this table right now, <laughs> which is Mary. And she has served on the board of Teen Court that entire time. She's always been an advocate for them. And many of the big, big ticket, impactful things that happened for Teen Court with the state have has been can be attributed to uh to, to your effort so thank you well thank it's a good Mary. group there at teen court and it's why we call it the teen court family it's it's an amazing organization and doing so much for the community so thank you eric so mm -hmm. proud to see you as our volunteer and now as our youngest mayor in the city of sarasota it's fun they yeah let, they let me in there <laughs> <laughs> so a proud alum. So tell us about your vision for the city of Sarasota during your tenure as mayor. Uh, I envision Sarasota being the best city in the world. A U.S. News and World Report ranked us as number nine. And I think we can do better than that. I think we can lead the way when it comes to affordable housing, when it comes to sustainability, when it comes to quality of life. When it comes to micro mobility, we've taken tremendous steps in micro mobility recently. We authorized a company called EVO, EVO to come in and bring about 400 scooters and, and, mm -hmm. and, uh, those, uh, those services that allow you to just activate them on your phone and ride around. We also funded a trolley, an open air trolley that will run every 30 minutes from Main Street all the way down to South Lido for free. Oh, wow. For people who need to get there for work or for people who just have family in town and they don't want to have to go through that hassle of traffic. Mm -hmm. So uh, we have, we are taking tremendous strides. We lowered the millage rate for the first time in over two years, uh, 20 years. We lowered wow. our millage rate this year and we're, we're, we're aiming to do it again this upcoming year. Um, we were updating our comprehensive plan, our downtown master plan, every single plan that is outdated because it added unnecessary layer, layers of, of red tape that prevented affordable housing and prevented all these right. things from happening um, is now no longer going to be an issue. Uh, we want to attract jobs with the EDC. We want to attract, uh, you know, more sustainable green buildings. We're developing a green building code, which mm -hmm. you are very, very, involved very involved with. with. And we are honestly one of the most philanthropic, best cities that has uh, that that we have in the United States. The one category that we fall short on is affordability, and we're working mm -hmm. on it. Uh, but my goal is to make, turn us into a smart city, so all our utilities are smart. We have Wi-Fi coming to all the parks. Oh. Well, the vast majority of parks for us, the Bay Park and Arlington Park, and um, that'll be amazing. Everybody can just go out there and work or, or play Pokemon Go, which is, <laughs> uh, and and that's the future that, that I see for Sarasota. I see it as a place that not only is maintains the quality of life of the people here, for the here and now, but also the next generation. Mm -hmm. What are they going to need? And it, internet seems to be getting to the point where it's a, it's a basic necessity right. in life. I mean, even yes. your homework now requires that you do internet. But we forget that a lot of people can't afford it. 
Absolutely. And Eric, I love that about you. So while you have a vision that includes all these wonderful things that make Sarasota such a beautiful place to live, you also have a deeper understanding of what other folks might need. And I know affordable housing, and particularly with veterans, is very important to you. Can you tell us a little about that in the city? Well, affordable housing is a very, very complex issue. Uh, and before I start that conversation, I'll say that this current commission has preserved more green space than any other commission in history in the city of Sarasota. Uh, we've placed a conservation easement over Bobby Jones, mm -hmm. which is 261 acres of green space that will never be developed. It'll be a central park for the city of Sarasota, a very important regional watershed that provides ecological value that is just uh, uh, invaluable. Um, but with that being said, uh, the elephant in the room is that we have many individuals that go to City Hall and they don't want, they're, they're all for affordable housing, except when it's right next to them, right next to their neighborhood. The the, the zoning laws were, were set up in the, in the 20s, 30s and 40s to prevent uh, people, not people, but pre prevent organizations coming in like factories into your neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Now they're not, these the zoning laws are not being used to keep uh, factories from neighborhoods they're used they're used to keep neighborhoods from neighborhoods so we're trying to protect ourselves from other people coming in and and and, and just sharing the space that we're in um it's it's bad it's bad for business there's a term for it it's called exclusionary zoning it says that you have mm -hmm. to build the largest lot you can in, in in any parcel and it was mainly used to discriminate against minorities and, and people who who are working blue collar jobs. So um, the first step is we eliminate a lot of that, mm -hmm. a lot of that red tape. Allow for duplexes, triplexes, fourplexes, tiny homes. We just allowed accessory accessory dwelling units in the city of Sarasota. Mm -hmm. A lot of it has to do with density, and it is. You know, it's the thing that nobody wants to really truly address because it's it's not a it's a political, you know, it's a hot button that gets a lot of people excited. But it, we are about 15 years ahead of the country when it comes to this, which is not a good thing. Um, we are a few steps behind several cities in the in the in the world. Like in Japan, there are towns that are converting um daycares into assisted living facilities because they have too many retired mm -hmm. people and not enough people being born uh, you have towns in india where the employers are now being forced to provide affordable housing for their workers because they're coming from another town and they cannot afford to to stay there um, and it, it it is going to be a global issue and we need to be ahead of get ahead of the curve and that, that's Absolutely. what i envision us doing and I, I really think addressing an issue like that is just so vital to the livelihood of a town like mm -hmm. Sarasota. And, you know, how often do we hear people that work in Sarasota, but live in Parrish, live in Bradenton yeah, okay. and have to commute mm -hmm. such a long distance, especially with mm -hmm. traffic, have to commute such a long distance on a daily basis just to get to work. Yeah. And, and you know, I'm, I'm convinced that the private sector just if we if we let it continue the way it's going, it's not going to take care of itself. Mm -hmm. um, it truly has to be coming from a place of, of caring mm -hmm. because a lot of the times you won't, unless you subsidize housing, there's no incentive truly to create this. Um, so it needs to come from a place of caring and of love. My idea that I pitched to the CEO of Sarasota Memorial Hospital and to everyone at the convocation of governments, including 
school board members is that they take land they have they have a lot of mm -hmm. land and they build ultra high density housing almost to the point of dorms for their teachers and then one year when you complain about not being able to give them a raise you can just reduce their, their rent or at least not raise it because right now in the last year we've raised our rent over 40 percent 45 percent and and that's just not acceptable in our society and um you know, we get emails every single week. People are having a very difficult time. People are asking the commission, who makes $28,000 a year, to help them find a place to live. I'm seeing on word of mouth, Sarah's, uh, fa the Facebook page, people were going in there and asking, I bet, you know, they're embarrassed to ask, but like, there's no place to live. And, and their rent is being raised $700 in the next few months. And it was raised $700 per month, uh, just, you know, just six months ago. And nobody seems to have the answers, but the answers lie somewhere around relaxing the code and allowing for different mm -hmm. kinds of buildings for all income types, incentivizing it somehow, and allowing some of these on the private nonprofit sector, if you will, allowing school boards to create dorms for their people and allowing the sheriff to do the same. I, I, I proposed to the CEO of Sarasota Memorial that he purchased the Cabana Inn. Right there, we got a lot of complaints about the Cabana Inn, and I know the, the the owner of that, and he's a very nice guy. But to purchase that and build ultra high density units, and and you know, we'll give them the red carpet, we'll give them expedited permitting, we'll waive some fees, uh, impact fees. Uh, but the people that live there have to be one employed at the hospital. They're the largest employer, about eight thousand mm -hmm. people employed at the hospital and be under 100% of AMI. And I think that's a great idea that we haven't explored. And they're a billion dollar a year organization, so they can definitely afford it. And affordable housing is hitting business. So the hospital currently has about a thousand open positions. And a lot of people, they can't just, they can't recruit because people can't afford to live here. Mm -hmm. Requests for homeless services. I was just before the county commission on this. Um, it's very important to my group. We want a vibrant, sustainable community. Requests for homeless services are up 218%. So it's so wonderful that you're focusing on this. You seem to get it on a level that I haven't heard anybody except maybe John Thaxton. Um, you know, well, he's like my hero. So <laughs> there you go. So it's a mutual admiration yeah. society. He's one of mine also. Um, but you get it on that level. So I know things will get done under your leadership. Thank and he's, you. He's still active on it. He, he's, he's working on, on getting uh, uh, homes for veterans right now. Something out of his own pocket that he's, he's trying to fund and is not going to make any money on. And that's the the level of caring that you need in our community and i think it's there we just have to kind of you know kind of yeah, cultivate yeah. it in a community like ours we're so as philanthropic, philanthropic mm -hmm. we should be able it's to there. solve it and I, I do think that having someone like yourself that's you know relatively younger than the majority of people that have been in in your position before you is also a huge factor and that plays into all this in a, in a drastic I way so. i think so and, and city hall was controlled for the longest time by by these actors that were i mean they were very obsessed with their power uh, but they prevented anything from happening in the city i think i think we're now getting to a point where we're catching up over for, for mm -hmm. 15 20 years of just being being uh what's the word i'm looking for just you know being standing still yeah. and it's being stagnant and so now we're now and now we're making progress so um so I see us as the city of the future. I think it, tr it truly, w we will make a difference. And 
the biggest problem we have now, one of them is the fact that too many people are moving here. Everybody wants to move to Sarasota because it's the best place to be. So the home prices are, are, are through the roof and uh, we're just trying to keep up with that. Of course. And it's a double edged sword. The mm -hmm. more you make it a place that people want to gravitate towards, the more people will gravitate yeah. towards. Mm -hmm. And it's, yeah. it's a balancing act. You know, it is a balancing act. And, and at what, at what, you know, you have, you have to ask, we have to ask ourselves at what point does the government get involved? Because Affordable housing is aspirational, but should the government, especially local government, play a, a vital role in that, in building housing? And if we do build housing for people, let's say, at under 80% of AMI, let's say we build housing downtown that's at 80% of AMI, so they're paying, let's say, like $1,300 a month, and then we build the same one, like three miles out of, out of downtown for 80% of AMI, you're telling me that both locations are going to pay $1,300 a month, it doesn't seem fair uh, from that perspective. And another thing to consider is the fact that it is a market. And a lot of the times without government involved, without looking at the government, without looking at government involvement, you don't, you know, I don't, affordable housing isn't necessarily a type of housing. It's all, oftentimes about location. The same house in Northern Sarasota is very differently priced if you put it like on Berkey or on Lido. Right. And what we've seen uh, in that a lot of luxury housing is being built, it's one of the biggest complaints that I receive, is it, it's any time the government gets involved in a, in a market, that's what will happen. It, it, you are restricting a market. Let's say, for example, you drive a car. Um, you, 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 I'm assuming you don't drive a brand new car. I know what car you drive, it's a nice one, but <laughs> it's a couple of years old, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you usually live within your means. My house is like from the 70s. And so people live within their means. But let's say uh, Toyota, for example, uh, was told by the government that they could only make 100 cars per year. They would not make the regular car. They would not make affordable cars. Right. They would not make Corollas or the, or the Camrys. They were saying, we're going to have to maximize our profit on that. Let's make 100 Lexuses. And, and that is sort of what we are witnessing at the local level. And it's not a hundred percent of the cause, but it contributes to the fact that we're not, we don't have affordable housing is that you are incentivizing only very luxury, expensive housing to be built. That's and a I, great analogy. Absolutely. And I think that's really the million dollar questions. How can we incentivize them the other way where we are incentivizing them to build a hundred Camrys a year and their value proposition might be slightly different, but mm -hmm. they do get a tangible benefit that incentivizes them to do it. One of the one of the best things I've seen, I've, I've, I looked throughout the state at uh, for ideas. One of the best ideas I've seen is what the county here in Sarasota just proposed. They uh, allow you to, if you increase the density slightly, they'll count uh, a unit as like half or a third, depending on what level of incentive is. So it says you have you're building this much. If you build more it'll be counted as less so you're getting more bang for your buck if you will and and i think that's a way that's a, that's a step in the right direction absolutely well i can tell you from my perspective having worked with the city for about 20 years this is probably one of the most exciting times i've seen in the city your staff is fabulous the elected officials are are really doing their part this is an exciting time for sarasota and i just love really seeing is. it Thank it's you. all new leadership. It's a new poli new police chief and a new city manager, new deputy city manager. The department heads that were there for a very long time have retired. It is truly, I mean, you walk around City Hall, it's a, it's a different culture from 
my first day in office to now. People are excited now. And, and, you know, we're doing things for our employees. Now the city commission goes to swear in police officers, which never happened before. And they truly appreciate it when you go and you're there when there's only like three of them and all their families and and you say a nice word. It it truly matters. And uh, I think morale right now is at an all time high at the city of Sarasota. We have, uh, despite the fact that it's very visible, the homeless problem, uh, countywide, we've had a 40 percent reduction. Citywide, we've had a 30 percent reduction uh, based on the point in time survey. I, okay. serve, I serve on the on the um, that's a huge number that needs to get out more i didn't realize that mm-hmm. I, I wrote an op-ed recently and i and i highlighted some of that so our crime statistics are at a record low homelessness um plus we're we you know we're becoming the the city of the future we're turning heads and we are changing the perception that was traditionally we hate the city of sarasota we don't want to do business there uh to now being let's invest in sarasota they are willing to work with us wow look at look at Eric's suit you know that's the kind of what people are saying and I think we can see that internal transformation within the walls of City Hall also mm-hmm. extended just by walking in downtown Sarah so I mean the city looks so different than it did four or five years ago yeah it's, we uh, have an online portal now you can you can get permits via the online portal we're going to make it so the vast majority of permits are in an online portal uh, we started a program years ago we started a program we I, I had this idea for the then um deputy city manager marlon brown who's now our city manager i said look what the county's doing they have a an app called um see click fix and venice has it Bradenton has it, manatee everybody around us had it but we had nothing so why don't we buy see click fix and you can take a picture of a pothole and automatically generates a work order there were some hurdles there and that some of our departments weren't paperless so anyway two years later we came out with an app it's called click to fix and you can download it from the app store um scos like city of sarasota click to fix and it is amazing we converted all our departments to paperless you take a picture uh, and it automatically generates a, a work order. The name was picked by a contest that we had within our w- with our employees, and and it's exactly what the other app did, but it was created internally by the city in the process of converting everybody into being paperless. That's great. So. Wow. A lot of progress in the city. That's exciting to hear. It's really exciting for GCBX members to hear how you're streamlining your processes. Mm-hmm. Didn't realize you had a bunch of departments that weren't paperless. So that mm-hmm. <laughs> thank, welcome to the 21st century. That's mm-hmm. really good. And the ERP system that we had to, mm-hmm. to, to manage the, you know, the infrastructure and, and all the internal programs of the city was from the 1970s. Wow. So we just updated to like... You know, the newest Rolls-Royce ERP system of, I don't know, if, I don't know anything about ERP systems. So we're using the newest one that staff, they all agreed. I met with all the department directors. They're like, this is it. This is what we want. This is what, you know, the cities we want to be like are using. That's going to help us tremendously. Absolutely. It's an exciting time. It's an exciting time. Exciting time to be doing business with the city and GCBX members. I, I'm hearing completely different um, stories from them doing business with the city now than a few years ago. So tell us, what do you see for uh, the future of commercial contracting in the city? Um, for commercial contract, first we need to redo our corridors. Um, that That's coming before the commission soon um, because we need to start planning as a city how we would like to look. 
you know, we have a downtown master plan that was developed by a guy named Andres Duwani, who was just a visionary. He's listed as one of the three best ur urbanists that ever lived. But he said, you have to change it every once in a while. And they made this a long time ago and it was the 2020 plan it was called. That's how old it is. And we never changed it. And it's past 2020 yeah. and we are still using this. And we need to adapt it. Uh, there, There is a large, uh, you know, push an internal push from 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 the community to stop change. Um, everybody, not everybody, but there is a a section of the population that moves down here and wants to shut the door behind them. Yeah. You know, we had an, an issue recently um, where we wanted to activate a park by placing maybe some shops, maybe a coffee shop or something in there, a park that is largely unattended, and and it's a has posed a problem with vagrants and they came out completely against it it was right next to them this new develop these people that lived in the new in the a new development and i said are you aware that you you would probably have come out against the building that you live in right now i mean the, 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 this is how we grow as a city and we have yeah. to really define that ourselves so you know i you know it is important to listen to the people and to meet with everyone um, so I do listen to everyone and I meet with everyone that requests it. The big balancing act there is that the people who are in support of something don't normally show up. Mm -hmm. They just stay quiet. So you only hear the loud voices, the, the loud dissenting opinion. You made me think of the Ringling Bridge, which how many people oppose that? And now and it's Selby iconic library. Sarasota. And Selby Library. Yeah, the and, Ritz. And the Dolphin Structure and the Ritz and all the beautiful things that we have. I mean, it, it, it truly. And I believe that's going to be the future of Selby Gardens. It's mm -hmm. going to be iconic Sarasota, even after all the opposition. I'm so excited that that project got underway. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a large part of it, though, is human psychology. You know, a lot of humans are not receptive to change and change They're can not. be scary. And I think, again, it takes somebody that's young to really make a difference and show that that change hey. doesn't always necessarily mean a bad thing. <laughs> You're very young. Come on. <laughs> I can embrace change. <laughs> that's very important. I think it's it just takes a certain mindset to be able to to embrace that change or you need to be able to visualize it in a way that you know just embodies why that change is positive mm -hmm. and th there are just so many areas to to, to fix and improve our city uh, i came in office with 132 things i wanted to accomplish in four years just a small list <laughs> and i just keep adding to the list because i'm reviewing these leases and we have just one dollar a year leases that the city maintains the infrastructure collects no taxes on, and we're losing tax dollars because the way I calculate how a city should run is the city should tax just enough to cover its expenses and nothing more. So if you live in a street, for example, the taxes that you pay for the property taxes should be enough to cover the maintenance on your road. At the very least, the taxes taken over a span of 20 years should cover a road that'll last you 20 years. That's, these are the benefits that, that, that mm -hmm. you get for, for paying uh, taxes in the city. But what if, if you look at value, let's say you talk about taxes, value generated per acre, and you look at the downtown core, and then you look out east like by uh, Walmart, Walmart is killing us, they're killing it. They're, they're, they're generating way more taxes per acre than we are in our downtown core, which should not be the case. So we need to make sure that, that you know, the way, we, well, now it might be a little different. It's probably changing quickly. <laughs> um, 
But we need to focus on making making sure that we can maximize the use of these spaces to uh, make sure that the, the, the wealth being generated is enough to maintain the infrastructure because we cannot stop growth. We can only prepare for it. And if in order to do that, we need proper planning and we need to complete community buy in because coming out and saying, you know what, I'm against this project is not going to help anyone right. coming out and saying, you know what, I think we need more purple pipe in that project. That's something right. constructive criticism. You know, and the way we take public comment for public input is completely flawed. I think you have, you know, city engineers meeting with people and and saying, what, what should we do? What should we do? We're going to do this project. We're proposing. What What do you think? And or what are your suggestions? And they say, well, maybe you should have a traffic study. And this gentleman who, you know, has gone to school to be an engineer and, and does urban planning is like, <laughs> traffic study how did i not think about that wow yeah writing it down it's sort of an insult to these experts when 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 we're doing that so we need to change the way that the the, the path of of uh doing a traffic study because in the end for example um there's usually a, a steps before doing traffic studies um so the engineer or the person from from the municipality the expert knows these steps that need to be done so they'll do those steps before the traffic study right and then the people will come back because one he didn't listen to them two you know so it it, it, it a lot of these times the process is largely unproductive so a lot of things to help to, to fix in the city but it but it's 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 moving it's inching still an exciting time in the city it is it's, it, it's a lot of time. it's a lot of fun it's very exciting we, I mean, we, we passionately debate every issue and it, I'm having a lot of fun. I love to hear that. Thank you for your leadership because yeah, that's part of the fun. Yeah, thank you for, for acknowledging that, you know, the city and and, and uh, every the, all the changes that have happened because a lot of people don't notice. A lot of people did, didn't even notice that we lowered the millage rate. The county kept it the same. The hospital taxes the maximum they can. The, a lot of these organizations tax the maximum. They don't lower, they never lower. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, it's amazing to me because, you know, honestly, what I used to say to my board when they'd say, well, we need this in the city, I would say, can I just run against that brick wall till I knock it down instead? <laughs> um, and my board members will tell you, I used to say that now your staff reaches out to us as an organization. They give us updates. They want to hear our input, you know, and I, I like pick up my phone like, wow, is this really happening? It's, <laughs> it's wonderful. It's refreshing. It's collaborative. It's professional. I mean, it is a 180 from what I've been used to through the years with with the city and yeah. i'm excited about it i am excited as well so eric tell us a little bit more about your political future you know we talked extensively about the future of sarasota is there a political future for you in the cards um i mean you always people always get asked me right people ask if i'm going to run for the county or the state house or the state senate or whatever you know the, the, the white the, house uh, yeah <laughs> i can't run for the white house because i wasn't born in this country but oh, that may change true. one day <laughs> No, oh, they have to change the constitution at this point. And you're not old well, enough, by the way. I'm not. I'm 31. I'm, uh, you need to be 35. <laughs> um, but it, I think only if I can be effective. I, I wouldn't want to be in, let's say, the Florida House of Representatives and be one of, you know, convince 60 other people that my idea is, is, is the one they should be supporting. In the city of Sarasota, I have to convince two other people and I, I tend to have a, a decent record at, at uh, rallying support for, for these ideas. Um, I would only want to do any position ever 
if I can be effective and I have a plan because otherwise, I mean, you're just taking up space and I don't want to be one of those career politicians that just doesn't get anything done. I think that's very admirable. Mm -hmm. Very admirable. Very honorable. Yeah. Plus, I'm, I do okay managing wills and trusts and private foundations and doing corporate <laughs> transactions on my private life. So that's right. Yeah, you do other things. Oh, we yeah. forget that. No, that's that's very nice. Um, but I do hope you do have a political future because people with your heart and your intellect deserve to be in public office, and we like to see them there. And we hope there's more of you and more in your future. Well, well, well thank you from from your mouth to God's ears. And uh, the governor was just in town last week. I don't know if you saw that. He gave us ten and a half million dollars for resiliency projects, and uh, and I showed him a picture. Um, you know, we we knocked on two thousand doors for him back in in eighteen, and um, and we did ten thousand voter contacts like in one weekend. We had a big group over there in in Orlando, and he remembered it. And I showed him. I was like, "Look, you were still a congressman back then. You were young." <laughs> That's right. It's come full circle. Yeah, so head so. of transportation, I believe, yeah. or just on the committee. I'm not sure he if he was chair on the committee. Yeah, Maybe. important role though. He get, he gets our transportation needs. Yeah, he 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 does. He does. He, we have well, having a, a 20 minute conversation with the governor. I can tell you, he's one of the smartest people I have ever met in my life. And he's made a huge difference for Florida. He's kept us open. He's kept business open. Mm -hmm. um, we owe him a huge debt of gratitude, particularly yeah. in our industry. Mm -hmm. I think uh, I have friends from both sides of the aisle that are just like, we, we support Ron DeSantis and we'll support him again. Not to make this podcast political. <laughs> <but> <laughs> we just made it political. He's, uh, he's, done a, he's done a great <laughs> job. Part I'm of in it. a nonpartisan seat, so it doesn't, you know. Yeah, but, but I think it's important to be able to recognize that someone does a great job regardless of Mm -hmm. Which side of the uh, exact side of the equation? Yes. That's you're important. On. There you that go. That is important because we've gone to a point in our society where we don't do that. It's all good. We, or all bad. we, we yeah, <laughs> we will yell at you when it's bad, and we will just not say anything when it's good. Yep. So when we like what you say, for example, there were so many people that uh, I received hundreds, maybe like five hundred emails in support of something I already said I was in support of, which was the conservation easement. Mm -hmm. Uh, once it was passed, you do you, you, you can never you, get can a you thank imagine you. how many thank yous I received? <laughs> I think maybe like two. So um, you know, and, and this right. is because these were political opponents. My you know gentleman who ran against me in the in the, in the primary, he, he dropped out in the primary. He still very active and still comes to city hall, but mostly just to talk negative things that he blows mm -hmm. out of proportion. You know, he'll, he'll make public records requests to, to, to my friend uh, Joel Schleicher, who's on the board of of uh, Swift Mud and um, Swift Mud is a Southwest Florida water, water management district. district. It's appointed by the governor and and they'll use those conversations to somehow draw some sort of narrative, you know, <laughs> it's unfortunate, you know. But Eric, let me be the first mm -hmm. to thank you for coming on our podcast. We really <laughs> yeah. appreciate yes. having you here and we think you're doing a great job with yeah. Sarasota and we're excited for the future. Yeah. Thank you both for having me. And anytime you, you, you need me to talk your ear off about municipal stuff, let me know. Would love to. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Take care. Thank you.